Welcome to another episode of That's So Kvetch, where we talk about dating, Torah, and everything in between. As always, I am very excited to be here to be talking about the quarter-life crisis. First of all, I just want to start off by acknowledging the two-month break that we just had from the podcast, and if for anyone who's listening who's like, yes, Rebecca's back. I just want you to know that I was having a really hard time over these past two months accepting the fact that like the podcasting life was over and basically the way that my workflow goes is that I need to have things structured like I decided okay like I really need to focus on these two big projects that I'm working on which I can share with you all one of them is a children's book that I'm illustrating with an author in LA and it's a book for like first and second graders and then the second thing is a book of Jewish poems that I'm working on with a fellow Stern College for Women alum illustrating her poetry and so those two projects I realized were going to take a lot of my time and I basically decided like I have to take a break from the podcast and it just has to be very unstructured like if there's time I'll do it if there's not but I realized if there's no time if I don't decide okay I'm going to record something it will just never happen so at this point I've decided rather than leaving my schedule open to have this time I would push it into my schedule and if it doesn't work then I would regroup but I just know how much joy the podcast gives me and talking about these topics with you all and also for myself just like really creating something out of like the experiences are that are part of my life make my life just like easier happier better and hopefully for some of you are all it's also very cathartic to listen to and also on top of that I thought okay you know I've done a lot of sharing online in this podcast forum but I really want to focus on like sharing my ideas and my thoughts with people in person so I also focused in these past two months on sharing intentions at my local community shul called the base community that I've talked about before and I really just wanted to practice like sharing a lot of my thoughts in person as opposed to over a digital platform because I think that there's value in expressing yourself in a public scenario and just like try new things so you know I thought okay well at the very least if I'm not recording the podcast at least I'm still like speaking up in real life um so yeah that's really what I've been up to and some recent highlights in the past few two months were that I turned 25 and I also recently just got a new job so I'll be starting that in March 15th next in a week and a half and I'll be working as a digital associate at Hadar and I'm very excited about the new role and I'm just so grateful that everyone has been so nice to me so far at Hadar and I really just can't wait to get started on the projects. So moving swiftly along, I also feel like it is amusing that 
after a two-month break, the first episode that you all get is the quarter-life crisis because it kind of says like, wow, I've been gone. And just so you know, the reason I've been gone is because I've been going through this quarter-life crisis. And I feel the need to express the apologetic that I was not constantly going through a quarter-life crisis for the past two months, but that the quarter-life crisis happened in the past two months. And I also just want to say that I realize I may come off as dramatic when I retell this story, but I also know that I'm not alone. And so basically, I embarrass myself so that you can laugh. And, you know, if you want to laugh at yourself and just have a laugh about the things that we all struggle with, like, that's what I'm here for. So, so basically, I had my 25th birthday in January 14th. And I've always been the birthday lover, the one who like gets excited and, you know, I've had friends in their birthdays not be as excited for their birthdays and I tell them like, no, like this is the best day ever, like it's so much fun and I pretty consistently have had birthdays that have brought me a lot of joy and excitement and love. Um, But for some reason this year, I really got hit with what they call the birthday blues And, and aside from the fact that it was COVID and that it was my COVID birthday. And I feel like at this point, everyone is going to have had a COVID birthday. I also felt like something was just different. Like something about turning 25 just made me wind back my emotional clock on my whole life and really just take stock of where I'm at now, where I'm going next and where I've been. And that was a really intense moment, but What I did on my birthday was, thankfully, my friend Shira planned a dance class outside and it was so wild that I was even able to do that and I had three people have to cancel due to COVID scares, but I was still so happy to be able to have an indoor birthday. I scratched that, I meant in person. I really did not have my expectations very high at all and it really exceeded all of them and it was really nice. But aside from that i felt like this was a big deal i was turning 25 and there was no way around it and i couldn't suddenly pretend i was turning 24 or 21 like this was a big number and i think the reason that things really felt different was because i started to look back at my life and think what would 16 year old me say to 25 year old me would she be proud of everything that 25 year old me has accomplished would she be like cool like you really got into your Judaism and you really got into you know sharing all your thoughts online um like would she be proud of that and I I actually think it's kind of like a mind warp to think about that and it kind of led me to wonder if I was even proud of myself at all if where I was at now was a place that I was happy about be it my career my social life my love life where I live what I do in my spare time, just literally everything. And I just found myself questioning myself, like even just like an issue of self-worth, like am I am I good? Like am I even doing things that are leading to the, to the things that I want to accomplish? And are the things I want to accomplish even worthy? So I was really going down a rabbit hole um, and just thinking about all of these things and also just recognizing that like, this birthday was making me feel some type of way that I hadn't felt before was very strange to me. I think every time you sort of decide like there's this piece of your identity 
that you stick by, like, oh, I'm an adventurer, or like, I play it safe, or I like, am obsessed with boys, so like, I always talk about boys, or things like that. I was like, oh, I love birthdays. So like, it's kind of, you know, it's never really smart to say things, to assume these things about yourself, because obviously at some point, you're gonna like, break out of those expectations and I was like oh no I'm becoming this way like I'm gonna become the person who's sad about birthdays but anyways I was really in my head and when I really got to the crux of it I thought about what I want most what am I seeking for in the next stage of my life and why what am I so obsessed with getting to that I haven't yet reached that is really creating this feeling of inadequacy and when I really asked myself that question I realized I really just want kids and a family and I always talk about this with friends like I just want kids and I obsess about it but really I I recognize that there are steps to getting to that goal and obsessing over the final end goal isn't going to bring me to it any faster And then, and this is like a little comical, but I was like, okay, so like if the issue is my kids and like needing to have kids, then obviously the next issue is like my eggs. Like if I'm 25 and I'm freaking out, like, you know, like physiologically, how long will my eggs actually last? Um, And as the dramatic person that I am, I ended up kind of like telling people about this. And I was like, you know, especially because obviously I didn't have the podcast to talk about it. So I told friends like, you know, I'm worried about my eggs. And I had one friend say, oh, like, you're good for five years. And then I had another friend say, like, actually, you're good for 10 years. And then the last friend that I told, she was like, Rebecca, like, you're good for 15 years. And actually, in a funny twist of events, this oddly very much comforted me because it's not even that it made me realize that I had time and my eggs and physiologically, but like, it just made me realize that like in the scheme of life, I really am still young and that there's still so much more time. And if you're feeling like you're old for any reason, I just want to tell you so that we can both say it to each other that we're not old and that we still have so much more of our lives to live. And the last thing I want to say about this is that, you know, telling others, friends of mine and sisters and even my therapist, I just found that across the board in terms of this idea of the quarter life crisis that like everyone really related. And I think that was just one of the craziest things because in our lives, I think that we'll kind of constantly reevaluate where we're going and life hits you with these huge transitions and things change and you're challenged. But then as a result, you grow. And ultimately, I genuinely believe that these crises that we go through are cyclical and we go through life and through these feelings and, you know, these feelings kind of like rear their heads. These feelings of inadequacy and doubt are just totally universal and they're always going to come up and they're going to find their way of coming up in your life, even when you think that you kind of like surmounted them because every time that you go through a different experience you're going to find new challenges that arise so it's as if we give ourselves these messages through these moments and maybe these crises are moments when 
we are telling ourselves we need to stop and we need to think about what we want and why we think we can't get what we want and really hone in on that and focus on it to feel through it to get to the next step. I also wanted to backtrack now and include a piece that I touched on earlier in this conversation about struggling with self-worth and hone in and zoom in on that for a moment. Because I think that in my experience, having gone through these feelings and continuing to go through these feelings, that that plays a very key role here. My sense of feeling like I'm not capable of doing what I want to be doing. And one of the things that I really like came to realize about myself is that I have a really big insecurity with my intellect and it's something that I have continued to struggle with as I grow through my career life and this feeling that I am not smart enough to do what I am meant to do and that I'm not smart enough to fit in with certain social circles and that I'm not smart enough to like maintain um, intellectual conversations with people and things like that and it's something that I work with and that I kind of constantly find myself dealing with be it being triggered by conversations with certain people or just with moments where someone is talking about something and I don't know what they're talking about instead of just asking and finding out I feel this moment of wow I don't know why don't I know why is it that people around me know things that I don't know and what am I doing wrong that I don't know the things that they know and and again I do find that by conversing with other people I am able to come to better realizations about what I'm struggling with and I talk to my friends about this and like this feeling of like kind of an imposter syndrome that like I can't do what I'm meant to do and one of my friends who's a doctor was who's studying to be a doctor she's in med school was telling me that you know like she has moments all the time where she's studying for her tests and she's like I don't know how I'm gonna do this like I don't know why I signed up for this I'm just not capable of doing this and she sits there like stuck thinking about this and I just felt like that was just an example of someone else going through the same thing and then my friend who just became a lawyer so he went through law school and everything and it was a lot of work was telling me that you know like Rebecca this isn't unique like when I was in law school everyone around me was all the time like oh we just got here because like we're lucky and or we just got here because we worked hard and I he felt like you know people were always like dealing with this feeling of like I don't really deserve to be here. I kind of just like put myself here. So like now I'm going to be like a hotshot lawyer, but like, am I really worthy of being a hotshot lawyer? And I really feel like it. this was kind of like the realization that everyone has goals and that everyone is just trying to get their crap together. And that the biggest truth is that nobody really has it together at all. And that doubting yourself is just a very human thing and it's a big part of the human experience and back in january when i was writing about this in my journal i must admit that on occasion i will get high and sometimes getting high will elicit some sort of like illustration needs for me like if i'm get high and i'm with a friend but then later like i'll get home and i'm just like in a place 
I'll need to like journal a lot or like draw it out. And in this particular journal picture that I'm going to describe to you, I had just been really watching Big Mouth. So I was like trying to draw everyone as Big Mouth characters, but I basically drew myself as a Big Mouth character. And I wrote that I was like in a cartoon saying like, I may worry about my future, but I know I'm not the only one. And in that moment, I thought about everyone and I'm not going to say names of people, but I just thought about friends of mine who wish that they were married already or friends of mine that tell me, you know, they just want to marry their best friend um, and friends of mine who want to be pregnant or want to be at that next step. Friends of mine who struggle with their parents criticizing them and dealing with those criticism and friends of mine who want to move to a different country but don't feel like they have the needs to do that and just even not knowing at the very smallest thing like if they'll ever find someone that loves them and just wishing that they had more clarity and direction on all of these things and I feel like this sense of universal connection with the struggles of life is something that constantly reaffirms to me the realities of existence. And I know that there's a part of me that feels like that might sound a little cliche, but in some odd way, it continues to inspire me and make me realize that there's so many other people out there who are also going through this thing and they're just not talking about it. So that's really my spiel on that. And I think the key from here is how you define success. And for each person, that definition is different. And obviously for me in my moment, I realized success for me will be having kids and having a family. And I even had to think about what that means. Like, is that not going in line with like my feminist self by that that's one of my biggest goals and I'm honestly still asking myself the question but and the next step is getting through the quarter life crisis and you know I wanted to sit here and talk about how to get through it and give you like some listicle tips of how to deal with the quarter life crisis but as the artist and the poet that I am I I'm compelled to just tell you the truth that I'm still in it and I don't think I'm adequately ready to share tips on how to deal with it but I can tell you what I realized so far number one I'm not old and you are never too old no matter what age you are in life to reaccomplish the things that you want to reaccomplish number two this pandemic makes people feel not essential that are essential to this world and having this crisis for me made me feel like my art and my writing and my self-expression didn't really matter because I'm not the first to get the vaccine I'm not the first to you know get a job and there's a lot of people out there that are losing their jobs that basically it feels as though the government is telling them in moments of crises, your existence, your pursuit in your career isn't valuable to our society. And I think that even though it's obvious that we're in a, you know, in a public health crisis, the priorities are going to look a little different. It will still create this sense of inadequacy in the people that are being told that they are disposable. So 
<laughs> that was something. But I also realized that inspiration is really important and art is really important and that just because the pandemic skews what is needed, it doesn't mean that art is not necessary. And I think people really want to be inspired. And if you're listening to this, it's possible that you want to be inspired too. So I realized that art is important and that even if the pandemic tells us that our pursuits aren't important, all of the pursuits are important. And then number three, in terms of my intellect anxiety and always not feeling really smart enough, you can always keep learning with small steps and measurable goals. Obviously, you know, it's impossible to say, okay, I'm going to become a CEO of this big company, but you can make the necessary steps to get to that goal. And number four, and the last point that I learned in a conversation with my brother, who was also in the same place as me, looking for a job, and he's um, 14 years older than me. It was really interesting to talk about the job hunt with him and bounce back our different experiences, but he I was telling him about these feelings of inadequacy and he told me that his his wife, my sister-in-law, has said before that whenever she in her career was looking at CEOs or people who were in big companies, she always assumed that they got to that place because they said, I, I can do this, I am worthy. And the way that she used to describe this is that credibility is claimed. So someone who is in a high position is not just there because they deserved it, but they're just they're there because they said, I claimed this spot. I am good at what I do, so I am going to go and do that position. And all the people that got to these big places said to themselves, they were good at it, but they also said to themselves, hey, look at me, I am good at this. Watch me because, watch me, And so all the people that got to the big places that they're at were good at it, but they also said, hey, look at me, I'm good at this. Watch me be good at it and let me show you how good at it that I am. And I really think this last idea can really shift your mentality like it did mine. It's not that I can do this because someone said I can or someone gave me some positive reinforcement. The idea is that you say, I can do this because I granted my own self-worth to me and I gave it as a gift to myself and said hi Rebecca you're good at social media you're good at creating content and whatever you want else you want to do design illustration whatever comes next you'll keep excelling by learning and working hard and you're just gonna keep doing it how wild is that yeah you just gave that to yourself and I hope that you all feel inspired to give yourself this internal pep talk because as much as your next step is going to be given to you, there's also a big part of it that comes from saying, I can do this and I'm going to do this because I said I'm just going to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I wanted to end off with some quotes because one of my resolutions for this whole quarter life crisis is to take some classes and things that I'm interested in and guard, like you know, get better skills in those ideas. So I, thank God, met a virtual friend through a coworker, an illustrator that is four years ahead of me. I think she you know, went through a few jobs and then decided to become a full-time illustrator. And we've decided to take a class on Skillshare together. And this illustrator and designer, 
I was just listening to the artist's name is Tom Froze, and I just think his last name is so cool. It might be Froze, but like we're just gonna say it's Froze for the sake of this conversation. I'm just going to share these quotes. So the first one goes, we artists are very hard on ourselves. We tend to link our self-worth with our perceived value as semi-public personalities or as artists. What if we could forget about what others think and focus on the joy and satisfaction of what we create? And then the second quote is, confidence and self-doubt will come in waves. And then the third quote is, we start out with a false version of who we think we are supposed to be, but over time we gain a clearer picture of who we are. And I just think that those three quotes are so relevant for this conversation and I really hope that listening to this episode helped you think about these ideas or at the very least make you realize that you aren't alone in this struggle of figuring out your next step in life and I am just you know since you're here I'm really excited to be back and I have so many ideas about dating about Torah and just like so many stories to share and thoughts and I've just missed podcasting so much so I am just so happy to be back and I can't wait to, you know, start season two of That's So Kvetch and thank you all so much for listening and I hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your day, whatever you are to do and my blessing to you is that you rid yourself of your doubt and or just acknowledge it and then rid yourself of it and say, no, actually... I hear you doubt, like I hear what you're saying, but also I'm good. I got this and I'm going to learn about it and I'm just going to do it. So thank you all so much for listening. Have a great rest of your night.